in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 106, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Again, um, you can also remember, you can always listen online at the website, and it is, in fact, petro.com. This portion of the John DePetro Show, folks, it's brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, a great meal, a great time, they're waiting for you at the Lounge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Now, right now, it's 106. And I want to bring you up to speed on 107, actually. 107 on this Thursday. It is September 29th. As you just heard the forecast, it's actually uh, a delightful day uh, with the weather. Let me just double check. And even, um, you know, as much as like many of you, I I don't like the, um, yeah, this is so pleasant. And same thing tomorrow. Uh, looks like a little bit of a stormy weekend, but good weekend to get organized and so forth. And and remember, I mean, as always, it could be much, much worse as you're seeing in Florida and as you just heard with, you know, with what's going on with the, the hurricane in Florida. Now, I want to um, touch on, and I, I touched on this or I, I alluded to it at the end of um, right before the one o'clock news. So right now, people trapped 2.6 million without power. Tropical storm Ian drenches Florida. Now, catastrophic flooding was threatening across the state uh, for, wow, 415 miles. And then we're going to have to wait and see exactly. Ian expected to make second landfall in South Carolina on Friday. So that should be interesting. And again, the photos, the path of destruction, Jim Cantori hit by a branch. Um, Absolutely just uh, very, very destructive. But at the same time, I'll say this, that right now it would seem that Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is certainly getting high marks by, uh, you know, with his handling and the coverage so far of how he's handling the hurricane. Now, I want to just see this. I'm saying Trump wanted to fire Jared and Ivanka by tweet. Assume staffers of color were waiters, says that the Maggie Haberman book. Snippets from several new books about the Trump administration. An inside look at explosive encounters between members of Trump's cabinet and White House officials on a variety of topics. None of this is good. A uh, number of new books. Uh, um... Boom, boom, boom. Confidence Man, Making a Donald Trump, Breaking of America. New book. By the way, she did three interviews with him, Maggie Haberman. So before anyone starts saying it's all lies and fake, he sat down with her three different times. They released and obtained with new details his business practices. Um, let's see. Trump was once allegedly paid by a leaseholder in gold bars. The former president received portions of lease payments in cash. One instance, a leaseholder sent him a box of a dozen gold bricks. 
in order to cover the cash portion of the lease on the parking garage. Um, he didn't know what to do with the gold bars. He ended up directing former security guard to wheel the bars up to his apartment. It's unclear what happened to the gold bricks. She wrote, Trump called it a fantasy question. The lawyer for someone else declined to comment. So maybe that wasn't true. Um, former officials told Haberman Trump's financial situation at his company was often more dicey than people knew. One point, he literally borrowed several million from George Ross, an executive with the Trump Organization. Ross told him, and he did loan Trump the money, but said it was to cover a situation that was disposed of very quickly. Trump was more involved in a situation with the SAC, SEC than the company led on. So, I'll, listen, I'm not going to go through everything. But Trump said his New York business dealings had to sometimes interact with the mob. Trump told Maggie Haberman in an interview... That his business dealing as a New York man, his organization sometimes to interact with the mob. Uh, he downplayed how aware he was about the interactions. Well, anyone that built in New York City, whether you dealt with them individually or didn't know they existed, they did exist. While you dealt, you had contractors, you don't know if they were a mob, controlled, maybe not controlled. I'll tell you, getting bids sometimes is very tough. You get one bid, it's a high end, disappointing bid, and then there was nobody else to bid. Now that, you can't blame him on that. Listen, you know, you want to do business in New York City. We've heard about that for quite some time. Um, let's see. Let me just skip through this. That's actually not what I was looking for. Um, uh, boom, boom, boom. Um, there's something else about him and Putin. There's several books. All right. I want to get to uh, the part about, this is a part about Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. So whoever is running, oh, by the way, first of all, how about this in North Kingstown? Another former student accused the pedo database middle school teacher of misconduct, abuse, and harassment. All right, that's a little inside, uh, but it is in the Boston Globe. But I wanted to, um, let's see, I want to get to the part that I was reading earlier that they talk about, maybe it was in the journal then. I was thinking it was in the Boston Globe. Okay, bear with me, folks. It's important. It'll be worth it. We're moments away at 112. All right, let me check this out. And um, that's not it. I, I can't believe, ripped a cuts back service, 20 plus routes amid major staff shortage. Uh, unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. Heads should roll. Heads should roll. Have someone else do it then. What a joke. You know, everything with this this administration is like it's an act of God. All right, here's the part. It was actually in the Providence Journal. The Providence Journal, in partnership with the Public's Radio, Rhode Island College and URI, will host two candidate forums, two, leading into the general election. Providence Journal is proud to partner with the Public's Radio, URI, Rhode Island College, holding these forums. On Thursday, October 13th, will be a gubernatorial candidate forum, Rhode Island College at 6.30. And on Monday, October 7th, 17th, excuse me, will be a forum, Congressional District 2 candidates at URI, also at 6.30. So now... Here's the part that I think gets interesting. Um, 
all candidates on the ballot for both races have been invited to participate. The candidates will field questions from moderator Ian Donis, who I know and like and respect, political reporter for the Public's Radio, along with journal political reporter Patrick Anderson. For the gubernatorial forum, they're going to be joined by Raymond Bakari, a student reporter for Rhode Island College. And for the congressional forum, they'll be joined by Julianne Rapport, news editor of the URI student newspaper, The Good Five Cent Cigar. So the fact that Governor McKee, the number one, in one way, you could say that it helps him because it'll be less one-on-one of him and Ashley Kalis. But what I'm surprised at is the governor's going to take a pounding because the other people, well, one of the people is, I think, a college student that somehow got himself on the ballot. But here's the thing. Let's just talk about that for a moment. So there's a college student that got himself on the ballot. Maybe he's doing it as like a class project. Should that person really then be on the stage with the the sitting governor? I could see if, you know, going back at some point during the summertime or in the spring, if they were doing some kind of an open forum. But this is like, you know, this is the ninth inning here. This is, there's a lot on the line. So I am very surprised that the McKee people allowed this. And again, hey, they're the ones that agreed to it. But I was surprised that they agreed to something like that simply because it has the potential to become very undignified. It just does. All right, let me look at some other headlines here. Um, Florida shell shock update. Ian the Horrible. Millions without power. How about this? Fatalities in hundreds. Now, that's the first we've heard of this. Hurricane brings life-changing effects to Florida. It's fastest-growing region of the state. Thousands trapped. DeSantis declares 500-year flood. That's what they said when uh, 95 flooded out up here on Labor Day. Causeway to Island is severed. And then, of course, the man turns hero after saving cat from rising water. Marjorie Taylor Greene is getting divorced. You know, I'm not surprised. For those of you that follow, I did interview her in Washington. Took a photo with her. She has become an instant celebrity. I get the impression. Hey, it's, that's, that's a private matter. She said the best thing about her husband was he made her a mom. Uh, I can't say I'm shocked by that. I get the impression that she is kind of entered into a little bit of the party crowd. But that, and again, I'm not criticizing in any way, in any way. So, but that, that's interesting that that seemingly is just coming down. Um, let's see, what was the other thing that I wanted to? Supersonic plane will go to London, London, New York in 80 minutes. I mean, see, this is the type of stuff I think they should be more focused on. How great is that? I mean, develop, we should develop more air travel like that. If you could go London to New York in 80 minutes, 
even if you could go to London, New York in two hours. I mean, so six and a half hours suddenly becomes an 80-minute, less than 90-minute plane ride? I, I would like to see more of a focus on that and less on, you know, can people go live on Mars, I think. By the way, also condolences. Bill Plant passed away. Now, I know his son, Chris Plant, sat in for Chris. So um, condolences go out to the Plant family. He was a very, very talented, talented, talented guy. But I want to come back to folks. This business with Ripta, this is completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable that this is happening like this. Um, the, the fact that that this would go down in this way and um, that, that they're just suddenly now saying there's a driving shortage. What happened to all the money they've been throwing around? I mean, Governor McKee has blown through so much money. And now all of a sudden, um, why, why would it be that, that somehow... Like what they I, I can't stand the idea that somehow it like snuck up on them, you know, where they act like it, it, no one could have seen this coming, that somehow there's now there's, you know, no power. No one could have seen. I, I don't believe that. OK, President Biden says he spoke with DeSantis four or five times. This has nothing to do with our disagreements politically. Um, this is about saving people lives, homes, businesses. Asked if he would meet with the Florida governor when he visits the state, Biden said, I'll meet with anybody who's around. The answer is yes, if he wants to meet. He said he also uh, intends to visit Puerto Rico. After being briefed at FEMA headquarters, President Biden warns Hurricane Ian could be the deadliest hurricane in Florida history. Early reports of substantial loss of life. Uh, that no question, deadly storm. Um... Let's see. Less than six weeks away from the midterms. What's remarkable how much each party's blueprint is mirror image of the other. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, Ashley Kalis is responding to Dan McKee. I'll tell you how desperate Governor McKee is. He's trying to make abortion the issue. How much listing right now, folks, as we've talked about. Abortion. Is not. Oh, my God. I'm looking at a storm surge at the Wink Studios in Fort Myers. It's a radio station or TV. Think radio. Flooded the entire first floor. I mean, there's real water in there. Lost power. Unable to continue broadcasting. No timetable. Strongest hurricane in southwest Florida history. Widespread destruction heading home. A lot of rain there. Who is he? Oh, okay. Chief Meteorologist at Wink News, Southwest Florida. Um, yeah, tremendous damage, as a matter of fact. Environmental police have seized turtle hatchlings from a West Warwick man suspected of advertising their sale. Why can you not do that anymore? Uh, the name Ian likely re-retired from the list of hurricane names. I name storms have retired more than any other letter, including Irene and Ida which impacted Rhode Island in recent years. Thank you for that. No Mac Jones at the start of practice. This whole situation with the New England Patriots. This whole situation with the New England Patriots, the whole season could be going south much quicker than anyone thought.
Um, let me just see that. Oh, Helena Folks thanking Kitty Couric. Hmm. This uh, this battle between Ashley Kalis and Governor McKee, he's not used to being hit. He's not. He's also not used to being hit in the manner that he is, which is they are really going after him. This is so unacceptable. This is beyond unacceptable. Unprecedented labor shortage. What about the, how about all the people that are no longer who have left the workforce? What about all those people? Maybe it wasn't such a good idea to just pay people not to work. You know, it's it's not as if people didn't see this coming, right? It's not as if. It's not as if people did not say that if you pay people not to work, that they're, that, I mean, it was, it, it was predicted. It was very, very predictable, as a matter of fact. Very, very predictable that, in fact, as we have talked about, if you pay people not to work, guess what? They're not going to work. So don't, don't tell us that there's a worker shortage because you've been awarding people, and I would argue encouraging them almost not to work. And so guess what they're doing? They're not working. Nope. And now all these people. Now, here it is, folks. It's the end of September, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show. And what happens after September? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? What happens at the end of September? It becomes October. And then what happens? I'll just jump to it. What happens after October, it becomes November and December. And what happens to the weather? It starts to get colder. So now what we're going to have are all these individuals that are going to say, isn't this rotten, you know, that there are homeless people cold on the street? I I don't know. um, I'm not exactly sure where it can go beyond that. Where it can go, we, we know that. Um, it is going to get cold and colder. And you need to have somewhere to live inside. What needs to stop, and I don't mean to be on a ramble here, but hear me out. Right now it's 124. What, what needs to stop is we, we should not allow people to just say I'm just going to camp here in my tent I, I don't think it should be allowed um, we, we have some choices to make and I don't want to there's, there's a lot of sound I want to play especially the latest between Ashley Kalis and, and Governor McKee but you know look at California it wasn't like that years ago I know some people say this is nothing new you know what it is something new that amount of people and number of people that are now homeless, 65,000 homeless in LA. And the situation's getting worse and up around San Francisco. 
that that is not correct that it's nothing new i don't think i don't think it should be allowed it shouldn't be allowed and here it's 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 going to get worse and then every all we hear is in this terrible all the veterans and and uh, these poor people and I, I i'm not sure what the answer is but when you allow people to get paid for not working and you start to there are people that now want to they don't want to work and they're willing to gut it out you know may through it's still not that bad october they're fine they're content to sleep basically outside in a tent and then when the real inclement weather comes it's it's problematic but but something needs to be something needs to be done about that because we, you're, we're not we're not helping them, and and then it's 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 like a looming problem, right? Like there, it's like people are not even identifying that you're about to have all these people that are about to say, "I don't want to go into the shelter. I have a dog. I have drugs. I have alcohol. I have a weapon." They won't let me bring those things into the shelter. Therefore, I choose to live outside, which in some ways someone could say that is their choice. But where this to me comes down is then how come we have to accommodate for your choices? If you choose not to work and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm willing to kind of, you know, be a vagabond and the day is my own. A coup de batata. That's just the way I'm going to live. That is your choice. 100% that is your choice. However, we're, I just don't understand why we have to pay for it. It's also kind of way, by the way, I, I, I agree with Ashley Kalis, who, you know, Governor McKee, this whole business that somehow, um, we have to, you know, Medicare, the state taxpayers have to pay for every female to have an abortion. And I would agree and argue, why is it that, that you and I, why, why do we have to pay? What, why, you know, if someone has high blood pressure, you don't have to pay. If someone hurts their back, you know, for the most part, we don't, we, you, you and, you know, we don't have to pay. So why is it that this whole business um, where, you know, so if there is someone who, and I hate to even say this, but, it, but you know, has aborts 10 pregnancies. Well, I'm just curious. I, I just don't understand why we have to pay for it. Why we have to pay for it. They're not even arguing anymore of whether or not it should be legal. What, what they're arguing is it comes down to that they want it all paid for. And if someone has diabetes, like, do you have to, do we, should we have to pay for that? Um, like I said, if someone has high blood pressure, you have to pay for that. Well, why? 
But no, we have to pay if someone repeatedly doesn't use proper, responsible decisions when it comes to birth control. And and what I don't understand is the just the element of that, but you have to pay for it. All right, I want to play. This is the new Governor McKee ad. Now, folks, if you're wondering if this is a race, the fact that Governor McKee's going after Ashley Kalis, that tells me this race is closer than people thought. It's much closer than Governor McKee thought it was going to be. There are undecideds in this race, and undecideds break for the challenger. He has not sealed the deal. Governor McKee has not sealed the deal. This is his new ad regarding Ashley Kalis. She's already up with a commercial uh, combating it. Roe v. Wade is gone, but Governor Dan McKee is protecting abortion rights in Rhode Island. An executive order from Dan McKee to protect abortion providers and women seeking an abortion from out of state. Republican Ashley Kalis would take us backward. Um, I'm pro-life. I, I, you know, I am pro-life. Oh, no, I'm pro, I'm pro-life. And if she continues to follow the lead of her idols, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, as governor, she'd limit abortion access in Rhode Island. And a- a woman's freedom to choose. Anti-choice Ashley Kalis is out of touch with Rhode Island values. Now, that's not accurate, but of course, that doesn't stop them from running it. Uh, Ashley Kalis is out, I believe, with a new commercial where she confronts that. But that that is not ignored by the locals. The fact that, that Governor McKee not only has an ad going, you know, names her by name. By name, as a matter of fact. So here is the response ad from Ashley Taylor. Here we go. I empathize with women who are afraid for the future of their reproductive health. Let's be clear. The decision overturning Roe v. Wade will have no impact here. Abortion was codified into our state law in 2019. The vast majority of Rhode Islanders supported that law, which rejected extreme positions on both sides of this deeply personal issue. Dan McKee knows this, so why is he lying? It's because he's a desperate career politician who's afraid of losing. That's exactly why I'm running. You know, I think she delivers it well. She is getting better. Think of this, folks. Right now, 132. And I don't, a lot of times, like, I recognize it's it's such a difficult topic. I actually don't really like anyone else, but I don't like even having to talk about it. But, but Governor McKee, he basically, he favors infanticide. Governor McKee supports, what they're talking about is termination up into in, and even right before birth. And, and, and no one, you know, this business of right to choose, there is, as I've said, I mean, to me, there's something wrong with someone that would carry a child full term. And then at the literally, you know, as Mayor Lors at that time famously testified, but they believe that if they at the last moment change their mind on the way to the hospital, they should have the right to change their mind. I think it needs to be. Um, called out that that's an extreme position that is not a position of most people and so when they talk about they want to restrict women and blah 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 i mean 
That's what they're talking about. And it should be taxpayer covered on demand. If you have 10, you have 10. If you have 15 to 20, it's it's your decision and your choice. Again, no one's arguing that. The disagreement is who pays for it. That's where the disagreement comes in. And the far left and the progressives, they feel and taxpayers should pay for it. That's that's where this really comes into play. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, it's brought to you by It's It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's My Health, Beth products, you're going to love it, vitamins, herbal, remedies, trusted companies who understand quality, integrity. Pop it and see It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Local products like Isae, honey, maple syrup, Bee Fresh Gum. What are you doing on this nice, sunny, partly cloudy Thursday? You could pop by It's My Health. That historic white church, Marie, is terrific. The service is great. If she doesn't have something, she'll help you find it or order it. She is built on service. It's your chance to support a local business, a local retailer. And and I'll tell you, she is so dedicated and so helpful it's my health. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop in. Pick up some of the nice tea that they have, and then you're really going to like some of their hemp and CBD products. Now, you don't have to be that knowledgeable because Marie is knowledgeable. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road. In Cumberland. Folks, as always, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It's 136 on this Thursday, September 29th. And this portion of the program is brought to you by Jamie's Power Wash. Call Jamie today, 401 837 4545. 401 837 4545. Power Wash, deck staining. Interior painting, also construction handyman services. You can find them on Facebook, Jamie's Power Wash. Plus, he soft washed the mildew, the gook, the green stuff off of our roof. It looks like a brand new roof. Call today, 401-837-4545 for Jamie's Power Wash. So, folks, again... um, the storm, now we have to watch this, wait and see what happens with the Carolinas. Then we have to be prepared for whether or not, if it's going to impact our area. If it's whether or not it's going to impact our region. Now, that certainly won't be, you know, right away or over the next couple of days. So, um Market on Hope Street vandalized in opposition to bike lane. See, that's the city of Warwick, though, suing the firefighters union. That is a story to watch. Big time. I can't believe the Ripta story, though. I mean, that is just what an absolute disgrace. What a disgrace that is. Get your act together. Wow, market on Hope Street vandalized because they're opposing the bike lanes. Now, anyone that knows Hope Street on the east side, of which I go to sometimes, they need all the possible parking that they can get. 
And they have just a few, two, two, three blocks away is Blackstone Boulevard. So why does Hope Street need a bike lane? Well, there are people that have been fighting that. And I'm saying due to its opposition, Bubble, Bubby's Market in Delhi. Um, it was vandalized of a sign we have on a door. A sign stating our view on the city's agenda at a, at a bike lane, a street that lacks parking. And remove 130 parking spaces. My goodness. I, I don't believe, I don't blame them. Um, th- th- that is, you know, you, you don't need all those parking. You don't need bike lanes. A problem that they have uh, on the east side in different, you know, cities, obviously, is... Sometimes it's it's the lack of parking, and and it's a it can certainly be very problematic, and it can also um, force people to make decisions of that they don't want to go somewhere because of the lack of parking. That that is real, so that's nothing to be ignored. And adding all these bike lanes, it 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 does seem um, it doesn't make sense. There are some cities, New York City. You know, when I've been there, I, especially along Central Park, there are people, there's a lot of people biking around New York City. Number one, it's, it's always good exercise. Number two, it's, you know, faster to get around. I like the idea. I like to ride a bike. But, you know, let's face it. Most of the time with some of the inclement weather, it's very difficult to do certain months. It's a pain in the rain, so to speak. Uh, ice and snow, you really can't or not that effectively, I don't think. I think that would be enjoyable. I mean, maybe some people do it, but um, but it's just not realistic for a life around here. So, and Alors has put these bike lanes all through the city. And any of, many of you that watch the Facebook live stream that we do, you never see anyone in the bike lanes. All it seems to do is eliminate parking. So, it is also interesting that the dynamic of the front or it's many of our streets because of the out, outdoor dining that has stayed in the aftermath of the pandemic. So it really, it has changed how a lot of our, um, a lot of our streets in some of the, you know, main, main streets, so to speak, and how they, they are that there, there is a way to adapt. But if you're going to say to people, listen, we would really like people to take public transportation. Okay, that sounds good. But one way, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't announce that, and then you're cutting rip to service. Um, oh, is that really? That's a news bulletin? Oh, we didn't know that a lot of people are not bus drivers. Wow, didn't see that coming. No, everyone saw that coming. I mean, what do you mean you didn't see that coming? Everyone saw that coming. So... Uh, it is a problem, and it needs to be uh, worked on. It needs to be worked on, as a matter of fact. So I, I, I don't think that that is fair to say, you know, no one saw it coming. Everybody saw it coming, and it is a problem. So you have to get the proper type of individuals that can... <laughs> Let me just read this. The Washington Examiner 
Sebastian Gorka hopes to be involved with any investigation into Hunter Biden that may take place. I mean, yeah, because that's up in the mind of everyone. I used to interview that guy, and now it's like, where is that going? I I don't, that that is so not on the minds of most people. Now, with Governor McKee, he's trying to make a play on the situation with abortion with Ashley Kalis. Uh, you know, I, I, I would be surprised if... I would be surprised if he if he still doesn't have that locked down. Governor McKee may have a female voter problem. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, former mayor of Cumberland, formerly lieutenant governor. He he might their numbers could be showing that his support among women is soft. And it wouldn't make sense. There were a number of women that were that voted and wanted Nellie Gorbea. And there's a number of women who wanted and voted for Helena Folks. So it's very possible that Governor McKee is seeing that he's got a big gap with women. And I, I have to laugh. I saw on, I think on Twitter, as Ashley Kalis was saying, you know, Governor McKee's basically afraid of strong women. Bob Walsh, Captain Goon of the teachers union, was saying, doesn't, afraid of strong women, what about the lieutenant governor? I mean, is there anyone that believes that Sabina Matos, who's not even debating, who I still don't understand why her opponent is not making it more of an issue um, and kind of going after a little bit more? I, I, I don't. I don't, and I like Aaron, but I don't think he understands. He needs to make a major issue of the fact that Lieutenant Governor, the Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, that she has no intentions of debating him. And I mean like none. So they plan to hide her as much as possible. Now, this is interesting. So that was a prank call. Prank call prompts massive police response in Providence. Investigators believe the reported incident prompted a massive police response outside of a Providence home was a hoax. Police confirmed the officer was investigating a home on Rowley Street. Later determined no one was inside. Investigators tell Twin News this was a swatting call. Someone falsely reports a violent emergency situation. It's called a swatting call. It's unclear what the caller reported, but it was serious enough warrant. More than two dozen police cruisers rushing to the scene. How? Hmm. Blocked off for more than an hour. They surrounded the home and evacuated neighbors out of an abundance of caution. Unknown whether the police know who's responsible for the prank call, nor whether they plan to investigate further. Now, I saw... They're saying that they don't know what it is, but I saw last night as I was um, monitoring the situation that the initial report was that it, it was someone 
claiming that two people had been shot. Providence police go now, two people possibly shot. Also, another person believed to have a firearm threatening to harm himself. So that was the call that went out. I've already shot two, and I did it, and I may take out two more people. That's what brought everybody out last night. Wow, a hoax. I hope they do find out who did it. I hope they do find out who did it. Um, obviously, that's against the law. All right, let me, um, let's see. Is that, was that Kamala Harris, four-day trip to Asia? She also went to the demilitarized zone, dividing the Korean peninsula, peninsula, as she emphasized the ironclad U.S. commitment to the security. Yeah, the entire trip, no one's even paying attention because of the fact that you have the Florida hurricane. So the vice president, I think it's like an element of... um you know, like a tree falls in the forest. If and if there's no one there to hear it, does it really make a sound? I mean, all right. So she went. No one. No one's even covering it. No one's watching it. No one's paying attention to it. It's um. It's like it didn't happen. ABC News in Orlando: Thirteen inches of rain poured down over twenty-four hours. Hmm. Very extreme weather, folks. Um. And then obviously a lot of the stuff on the hurricane. Let's see, Justin, the cause of death has been made public. Are we really guessing on that with the queen? So who's the big winner? Governor DeSantis. I think he's the big winner here with this whole thing. Historic, and this is just off initial assessments. There's going to be a lot more assessing that goes on uh, in the days ahead. Uh, but I think we've never seen a, a flood event like this. We've never seen storm surge of this magnitude. And it hit an area uh, where there's a lot of people in a lot of those low-lying areas. And it's going to end up doing extensive damage uh, to a lot of people's homes. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of work to do. Uh, today is about identifying the people that need help who may still be in harm's way uh, but also beginning the process of rebuilding some of the things that we need to have services restored, uh, to have fuel and to have the things that that people need in terms of communications Uh, I want to thank Kevin Guthrie for uh, having these assets ready to go, Uh, we're going to use every bit of them and we're going to be there um, until, until all the tasks are completed. Folks, there's a leader Governor DeSantis Right. There is a leader. Would Rhode Island be up to the task? I would say no. (laughs) I would say no. All right. Let me find a local. um, Do we have to worry about this thing coming this way? Is that even something we're talking about yet? Um, Let's see. Channel 12. Ashley Kalis signed a mortgage document in February attesting that the house she owns in Newport is a second home rather than her primary residence, Channel 12 has learned. Newport land records show Kalis signed the second home rider on February 25th, part of paperwork she and her husband filed when they took out a mortgage on the Newport house. They bought the property the prior year. The document further complicates the issues of her ties to Rhode Island. 
a topic that has dogged her from the start of her campaign. She lived in Illinois in Florida prior to buying the house in Newport and cast her vote in the 2020 election from her Florida address before registered a vote in Rhode Island earlier this year. Matt Hanrahan, spokesperson for Kalis, indicates she plans to withdraw the second home document but insisted the matter is a distraction from the big issues in the gubernatorial race. Are we seriously talking about a rider right now? He said in response. Rhode Island is getting crushed. Dan McKee has no plan to lead us forward. It's no secret. She used to have a house in Illinois, which was sold. Jeff now lives full-time in Newport. The rider's being removed. Kayla's husband attended medical school at Brown, lived in Rhode Island before their marriage. Kayla has acknowledged she didn't herself move to the state until last year when the McKee administration awarded her company the uh, testing contract. Kayla's campaign says her husband continued living at the house outside Chicago, managing his practice while she was living in Rhode Island campaigning. They sold the Illinois house on September 12th. The couple received a homestead exemption on that house as recently as last year. The other home owned by Kayla's and her husband are in the Florida Keys. Uh, McKee has his own second home in Florida. A condominium he and his wife bought 2009. Currently valued, whoa, 519000 Look at that. McKee's Florida residence is located four and a half hours north of Kalis on the eastern coast. Uh, McKee's campaign argued the Newport mortgage document raises critical, important questions for voters. The fact is just weeks after first registering to vote Rhode Island, days after filing paperwork, Ashley showed her hand when she officially declared Rhode Island property is in her primary residence. Uh, Isaacs also had a radio interview where Kayla said she and her husband hope to make our home here, arguing she won't commit to make Rhode Island her home past this election. The bottom line, you can't lead a state you don't know. You know, that's their big line. You can't lead a state that you don't know. Hand ran fired back. There's yet another pathetic attempt by Dan McKee to distract voters from the FBI investigation into his administration. His handling of $60 million in corporate welfare of the Port Sox Stadium and $40 million for the Superman building. And the 60000 raises for his staff and his failure to protect Rhode Island is 47% electricity rate hike. They're scheduled to meet for their first televised debate on Ch- Channel 12 on October 11th. You know, and I also, um, I like the fact and want to commend Channel 12 that they are, it's just going to be those two candidates. It's just going to be those two candidates. And, folks, let me say this. Um, right now, local time is, it's one fifty-two, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You know, what does it say? I was at an event recently, and someone who's on the ballot was at the event. And it was uh, the protest thing outside the library. Were they introducing themselves to people there? No. Did they have any signage of their campaign? No. Shake any hands? Did they speak at? No. There was no difference between this person on the ballot and people that just happened to be there for the protest. So, you know, my point is, I think it's fair to, like, what kind of campaign is that? Now, again, and, you know, people, they can run whatever type of campaign they want. But you can't compare that to Ashley Kalis is going out and meeting people and campaigning 
and she has structure. And it's not just all about money. It's about building organization and picking the right people and managing people. And you demonstrate that. The person who's, quote, running, who was there, I didn't see them say to someone, hey, I'm running, I'd like your vote. I didn't see them say to the organizers, can I speak at this? They didn't have any signs. They didn't pass out any paraphernalia. They didn't have... They didn't have a launch. They didn't have a bumper sticker. It's, I'm on the ballot, and I think I should be included in the debates. That's, I fundamentally disagree with it. I do. There was a time that I used to think, you know, maybe entertain a third party. But even then, a third party, it has to be someone who's running a real campaign. It has to be someone. If you're running a real campaign... Part of that makeup is that you're building support, that you're getting people on board with you, that people are starting to respond to your concepts and ideas, whatever that may be. Uh, Not just, hey, I made it on the ballot, so you got to include me. I I don't, I know. I mean, that just doesn't, that just doesn't do anything. Folks, right now at 155, this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. A great meal is waiting for you. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. They're waiting for you at the Lodge, whether it's in the dining room or on the deck or in the lounge. A great meal, fun, drinks, waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. So the hurricane has obviously taken up, zapped a lot of attention, as it should, as it should. Um, Florida does seem shell-shocked, so to speak. The storm is not storm's not over yet, as now it would seem it's going to recalibrate. And now you have to watch where it's, where it's going to go. And then hopefully now it's going to go out to sea and we are not going to face any type of effects from the storm. Now, without knowing the exact path of it, I mean, so I think I saw that it might hit South Carolina sometime um, coming up. But I'm just looking, we are going to get some rain this weekend, but I don't believe that has any connection with the storm. And then it's dry a little bit, and then it's supposed to rain on. On Wednesday, so but, but I don't, I don't believe that that has anything to do um, with the storm and and where it is right now, and and just the fact the path that it it might be taking. I think I could actually uh, let me just check weather channel. Um, let's see. Um, they're still doing a lot of recap. The hurricane warning is in effect for the South Carolina coast and is over the Atlantic will strengthen again to hurricane status before making landfall Friday. So South Carolina, it looks like they're in line for this to happen on Friday. Now, I'm seeing actually on the map, it looks like it's definitely going to go over Savannah. Tonight, it's going to leave, it's past Orlando, I believe, 
It's going to spear Jacksonville. And then Friday night into Saturday, it starts to go into Charlotte. And then it looks like West Virginia. So it could go out over the Midwest, which would be good for our purposes. Meaning, you know, that we would not be impacted by it. But there's definitely a South Carolina hurricane warning or a tropical storm warning right now. So, but a lot of, um, as you can see, tremendous destruction right now in Florida. Well, folks, it's 158. Again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, visit the website dpetro.com. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can do it at the website. If you would like to advertise on the program, you can do that. If you'd like to support the program, visit the website dpetro.com. Right at the top, it says how you can do that. We have merchandise in the shop. You can listen to any of the episodes. If you ever miss anything in the show, we have it all right there in alphabetical fashion. It's right there at the website petro.com which we're going to be updating in the next couple of hours. So, folks, right now at 159, it would seem that uh, the storm certainly has left Florida, left Florida. And if it stays on the path it is right now, it does not, it doesn't look right now like it would be impacting us in any way. That's where it stands right now. All right. I will be doing uh, Facebook Live later. We will be back on the radio tomorrow at 11. Stay tuned. In the 2 o'clock news, you'll hear the latest on the hurricane. And then the big local story, which I think is disgraceful, is the situation with Ripta. Uh, just no excuse. In fact, they're going to have to cut back service. No excuse in any way. WNRI Winsocket. W260DC. WNRI.